Imagine you gave a dollar a day to a worthy cause, but you did it along with thousands of Jewish people around the globe, and you all donated to one cause every single day. Thousands of your $1 bills pulled together towards one cause daily. What's the impact of your dollar then? You don't have to imagine it. You can and should do it by joining Daily Giving today. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. That's dailygiving.org. Jewish Money Matters, episode 362, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. This is Ask Yael Friday, hoping and praying that everybody had a good week. I'm going to delve into a question, a fantastic question today that came up on LinkedIn earlier this week from my friend, Shana Karen. You've probably heard me talk about Shana Karen. She is a career coach. I recommend her all the time. She was on the show, episode 306. If you didn't catch that episode, I suggest you go back and listen. You should probably also be following her on LinkedIn. But before we get to Shana's question, I want to give some background to the question. The background is as follows. Last week, I shared on my newsletter and on LinkedIn about the damsel in distress phenomenon. Um, You probably caught it if you're on my newsletter, um, but what I'm about to tell you what it's all about. What is a damsel in distress phenomenon? Well, it's similar to the Prince Charming phenomenon coined by Barbara Stanny Hewson in her famous book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming. It's an old personal finance classic. I highly, highly recommend it. And Barbara has also been on the show. Um, In fact, she was my fourth guest. So that's episode four back in, I don't know, 2017. And then about three years ago, maybe maybe longer, she was on the show on episode 142. So she's a friend, she's a guest, and she's been a guest on the show. She's been a guest expert in God Wants You to Be Rich. She's fabulous. So that's one book that I recommend. So let's talk about what this damsel in distress phenomenon or this Prince Charming phenomenon is. I see it happen a lot. And not just in maybe women who um, grew up in more traditional roles where the woman doesn't work or, you know, um, or the woman is maybe more docile or whatever. I, I, I went ahead and I said, I'm seeing it happen in very ambitious, driven females. And I went ahead and I said, look, even if you're ambitious and driven, you might be unknowingly playing damsel in distress. You don't think you are because you you are this high powered person, right? <laughs> or high energy person or whatever, but you might be playing damsel in distress and we have to talk about it. You might not realize that you have this belief that your husband has to quote unquote rescue you. And I said, look, your husband is not Prince Charming. It is not his job to rescue you. As wonderful as he is, he's not Prince Charming riding on a horse, arriving in your life to save you from financial distress, danger, or insecurity. And then here's my twist on this phenomenon, which is not something that Barbara talks about, but it's my own addition. And that is, guess who else your husband isn't? God. Not only is he not Prince Charming, and hey, He's also not God. And the problem is that until you recognize that you have this belief that he's Prince Charming, right? Riding on a horse, saving you from any financial discomfort. 
until you really come to terms with the fact that he's not Prince Charming and he's not God either, meaning he cannot do anything God doesn't want to happen, doesn't will to happen, and God is the only one you need to turn to when you're feeling financially insecure, quote, air quotes here, or panicky, not your husband. So until you come to terms with all of that, you're going to keep doing any or all of the following things in your marriage. And make note, because, you know, maybe these things now will like resonate and say, oh, I do those things, okay? resenting your husband for not bringing the income to cover your household expenses, blaming him for said lack of income, again, air quotes on that, not taking responsibility for your own money mindset work and money management work, beating yourself up for having married him, comparing him with every other husband, putting him down instead of building him up, working a job that makes you miserable because quotes again, somebody's got to pay the bills around here. Instead of doing something that truly aligns with your nature, inclination, tolerance, uh, (laughs) read the gate of trust chapter three, please. Steering him away from pursuing a livelihood, doing that which actually aligns with his nature, inclination, and tolerance, etc., etc., etc. So many of these things and all of this because you're forgetting one very important truth that there is a God in the world and your husband isn't him. And he's not Prince Charming, like I said before. So I said, it's time to stop this game. Stop playing damsel in distress. It doesn't suit you. You're so much greater than that. You're so much bigger than that. Stop pointing fingers at your husband and instead point fingers at yourself and at God. In other words, it's time to stop with the victim mentality and do some inner work. And when you do your husband might actually start looking a lot more like Prince Charming (laughs) and you'll have a happier marriage too. Um, And of course, so that's what I said. And of course, I made a big and important disclaimer, which is I am not excusing laziness or recklessness on any husband's part. But for the most part, husbands aren't lazy or irresponsible. For the most part, they want to live happy lives with their wives. And I know that you can achieve that and much more, but you've got to drop this damsel in distress shtick. Okay. So again, I'm not, um, I'm not excusing laziness or responsibility or recklessness, but really for the most part, most husbands aren't like that. Okay. We're talking here about this phenomenon and our, our, what, what we do to create this kind of toxicity in the marriage, okay? So it turns out that I'm not the only one who sees this play out in marriages a lot. Shayna commented the following. She says, I see this situation often, Yael. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on what the man and woman's roles are in a Jewish marriage with this challenge. So I think it's a, it's a great question. And I think before we talk about roles, we have to address the elephant in the room, money, right? Where do we think the money actually comes from? From me? From my husband? It's a ridiculous, foolish, and non-Jewish notion. But of course, it takes learning about bitachon, you hear, you hear me talk about it all the time in the show, to really, really open our eyes about this and lift the fog of ignorance and foolishness. And once you understand that the money doesn't come from either of you, then you'll be better positioned, both husband and wife, to deal with this damsel in distress phenomenon and to deal with any financial challenges. And so what do I mean to deal with it? Okay. So it's something that is 
part, when we talk about this damsel in distress or the Prince Charming, it's all part of this unconscious money story that a woman might be carrying around, that he's the provider, that he has to bring in the money. I don't need to be involved. There might be, it might even be this romantic story around this, like I said, where he gets to save me and we live happily ever after. And by the way, it might be part of his money story too, where he feels like he is Prince Charming. And, 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 and he might, if when he, when he can't act as Prince Charming, he might feel terribly paralyzed, despondent, depressed, right? If he comes upon a challenge where he can't fulfill this fictional role. But once you've introduced God into your financial life and you've recognized that, wait a second, this is all God's doing. It's not my husband's. It's not me. When we have money, when we don't have money, we are not self-reliant. We are not responsible. We're just agents of God. By the way, the same God who put us together. I don't have to play victim if he can't, quote unquote, rescue me like in the fairy tale, because that's all it was, a fairy tale. It's not the truth. Um, the man doesn't also ha- doesn't have to play the role because of Prince Charming because it's all it's all a fairy tale. It's not the truth. The truth is that we are two souls that got put together to be partners in creation with Him, and He's constantly bestowing blessings to us to be able to do that. And one of the, those blessings is and will continue to be money. So where my energy needs to be focused and spent is on what we can do as partners with each other and with God to make ourselves together a vessel for that blessing, for that blessing of money. And of course, the distance, the fighting, the nagging, that that all comes with playing damsel in distress, I just, as I just showed you, doesn't create a very solid vessel, does it, right? So I may have had that Prince Charming belief as part of my story, but I get to choose my story and I get to rewrite it. It's part of being an adult, okay? So now you get to actively decide to work together on not falling into this pattern, this dynamic of she has these expectations, she tr- he tries to meet them, he can't, she nags, he becomes distant, she pushes him, he becomes more distant, she puts him down, he feels inadequate, she feels frustrated, he f- she feels more and more distant from him because he's not meeting a fairy tale expectation. Okay. So Shayna, you asked about roles. Their role is to both, both being the key word here, recognize that this might be part of one of their money stories or both of their money stories and work together, important word here, to rewrite that story. In other words, they have to be adults. There's no fairy tale here and they have to be Jewish adults. We have a responsibility not only to each other, but to God. And as long as God is giving us life, we're here to become better together. This is an area of improvement for us. We've got to work together on it. And that will mean that they will have to actively work on changing patterns of communication and behavior. So one thing that's going to be key is obviously you guys are going to know that I'm going to say this, the money date, super, super important. Okay. But let's be beyond the money date. Okay. There are pieces that need to be part of the money date, meaning they need to be part of the communication. Number one, introducing bitachon into their relationship, into their communication by, as I've said many, many times on the show, learning about it together, making it even part of their money dates, right? Maybe it's five minutes of bitachon during those money dates and supporting each other to say, hey, 
one minute, remember, I'm not God, I'm trying my best, but let's pick this up with God, right? There must be a reason he's putting us in this bind or catching ourselves when we're playing the victim, right? And, And kind of laughing about it, having that mutual understanding and empathy that we're not gonna play this shtick anymore, right? Second is training yourselves to really introduce gratitude. And I would even say to an extreme, right? And I've always said that gratitude starts every money date. Um, Gratitude is something that maybe you both hold each other accountable for practicing, um, talking about the things you're grateful, bringing them up constantly, because to change that, the pattern, the playing out of this Prince Charming money story, um, this damsel in distress, you both need to redirect. You need to redirect focus from what is wrong, what we don't have, what he's lacking, what we're lacking, what she's doing, etc., to all the good that we do have, all the good that God is giving us. And this is now going to be a much better place to see solutions, to be creative together, <laughs> to receive the blessings, right? And and we might not come up with solutions in day one, or day two, or day three. Being patient might be part of the journey here that God is taking us on. But let's be patient together, really together, supporting each other instead of separating from each other. We might not be coming up with the solutions yet, but at least we don't have to fight. And when we're so focused on what is going well in our lives, right, that gratitude space, then the last thing we're going to be doing is fighting. And now what's happening is the vessel is starting to take shape. Now God is watching the vessel and saying, hmm, this is taking shape nicely. They're getting ready for the blessing. Because remember, the vessel can't have craps. It has to be a solid blessing to, re- to receive the, the, a solid vessel to receive the blessing of livelihood. So remember, peace is the vessel of, for livelihood. So it is both their roles to really introduce God into this conversation, a air quotes on conversation. Um, and yes, money has to become a conversation, not a fight. And to really have empathy, understanding, okay, he's under a lot of pressure, he's trying or she's under a lot of pressure, the expenses are real, the kids the kids go to her needing stuff, etc. But one minute there doesn't need to be pressure because we're going to tap into our bitach and we're really going to nurture it. And we're going to ride the challenges, the waves without the lachats, without the pressure, without the stress, right? We have this fairy tale expectation. Well, no, let's hold each other's hands through this. Let's not be each other's enemies, right? Let's introduce God, bitachon, gratitude. And from that place, let's work together to think of, to change the patterns and, and to, and, 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 to get rid of those ex- ridiculous fairy tale expectations and work together to think of ideas of what we can also do to make more money and to be better agents of the money that we have. Like, for example, can we look at what our miser situation is? Can we call a Rav? Can one of us or both of us start something on the side? Can we ask for a raise? Can we help each other not use credit cards and get ourselves out of a toxic debt cycle? That's a really, really hard change to make. It needs a lot of accountability and handholding. Can we have hard conversations with people we might owe money to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bottom line is they have to work together. But until you introduce that third partner, it is very easy to lose sight of this togetherness element and start thinking and behaving like it's me and him or me against him. It's me and her, me against her. And so the second piece about roles is 
you know, we often think about this traditional role of the man as the breadwinner. And as I, Rabbi Simon Jacobson said here on episode 280, that is the traditional role. And we know there is something very healthy about that in terms of the idea of that a husband being productive to being out in the world. It's healthy for everyone, but the makeup of the male individual is that he's more drawn to that role of conquest, of external conquest of the world, if you will, whereas the woman is more drawn to an internal conquest, so to speak, to the domain of the things that really move the needle in this, <laughs> in the world, the family, right? And so traditionally, that male role has tended to be financially remuner- remunerated, right? He brings value into the market and he gets money in, in exchange for it. But What's not to say that a woman can't be adding value in the marketplace as well? Even Rabbi Jacobson said here that a woman should have projects that are meaningful to her beyond taking care of her family. And very often those projects add value to the marketplace and are remunerated financially. So what's to say that her projects aren't going to be not just well remunerated, but even remunerated more than perhaps what what he's involved in? That's a real thing and that can happen. And that happens often in today's world, especially with the advancement of technology. A woman might not, might be not just um, running her household, but involved in business projects that pay her very, very well, especially as her kids are older and spend less time in the house and she has more quote unquote free time. Because let's face it, as hard as it is to run a household, none of us are taking laundry down to the river and washing it. None of us are baking bread from scratch every morning. We have more time. It's a beautiful luxury that, that you know, it has, as we've said so many times here on the show, um, it's the truth of coming into the cusp of the times of Mashiach. And, and, and we have that time to be used productively. And, and on, on many levels, that productivity involves value creation. Very often, that value creation is remunerated in the marketplace, which might mean that she might bring income to the household, even to the point, like I said before, that she might bring more income than he does. And if that happens, ah, isn't that part of God's plan too for this marriage? He's sending more bracha of livelihood through her, not him. Again, what's their role together? What do we do together? How do we work together so that there's no resentment? Because again, the money stories might come up again here, right? Where, well, that can't be because I have to be the breadwinner, right? How can we work together through this so that there's no resentment so that the household can also be run effectively if we're, even if we're both quote unquote working, et cetera, right? So, there is another very good interview, actually, I just remembered that I had on the show about this with Rebetzin Batchen Grossman. She's a marriage coach for business, uh, for women in business. I was actually on her show this week. So on the Connected for Real podcast is an interview that I did on her show. But she was here. It was episode 217. And she talked about this. It's a very important episode regarding this. Another episode, actually, is Hani Wolshansky. She's been here twice on the show. She was here back in episode 78. That was a long time ago. And in episode 204, she became the major breadwinner in her marriage. And she talks about how they both work. They both love their work. They're raising a proud, observant Jewish family and how they divvy up the work. In fact, I think Hani and her husband swear by Ivrotsky's fair play method. And again, Eve has been on the show. That's a very popular episode. You might remember it, 307, fabulous episode two. So to sum it up, Shayna and everybody listening, how does one navigate this challenge? Well, like 
one navigates every challenge. It all hinges on one thing, God. If God is front and center, we see everything that is happening for what it really is, an opportunity, not a threat, an opportunity to grow, to work together. This is no different. So let's hold each other's hands and work to break patterns of behavior that are stemming from silly fairy tales. And let's get to work on our relationship with each other, with God. And I guarantee you that you'll have more money and a better relationship with it, no doubt. Okay. So thank you, Shana, for the question and making me think through this. And thanks everyone for listening to my TED talk. talking about women in business and making a substantial income for their families. Next week, the fabulous Michelle Moses will be here. She's a brand strategist, designer, coach. She's really lovely and you're going to enjoy that that conversation. Stay tuned for that. On Friday, I will answer your questions, God willing, so be sure to send those in via email, yael at yaeltrush.com. You can DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn, or you can WhatsApp me at the number plus one eight three two three one seven six seven seven eight. I look forward to being here. I hope you have a great rest of your day and Shabbat Shalom. 